Well, hello everyone. Welcome back once again to Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam. And today we are very much looking forward to having a, a wide-ranging, meandering conversation, as we always do, uh, with David uh, Camben from Create, who is the creative director at Swanwood Productions, who produce a huge amount. Well, you'll find out. Actually, I'm not going to say. You'll find out a huge amount about what they do and, and David's background today in our conversation, all about um, video, video production, and, and probably many other related issues. So without further ado, I'm just going to ask um, David to briefly introduce himself and also ask our most very important question, which is, what is your favourite dish, David? <laughs> Sam, thank you very much. Well, thank you to, to Sally and, and you for, for inviting me today. It's great to be with you. Um, yeah, as you said, I'm the creative director of Swanwood Productions. Um, let's kick up with the food then. Well, my favourite food is Mediterranean food. Um, and I was kind of converted 20 odd years ago when I got married because my wife is Cypriot um, and so I discovered all these fantastic new dishes so I'm an absolute nut on, on Mediterranean food. Lovely sounds oh well you must be very healthy because they're very good for you must be you know, you're going to live forever David. <laughs> yes, olive oil olive oil is very good for you that's true yeah. That's it, olive oil. That's the one, is it? Now, I, I'm, I think I always say this, but it's just it must show that I just eat too, too, too many of varied dishes. But I always seem to agree with the person who, who says their latest dish, and it's, it's my favourite as well. But no, I'm, I'm right there with you, Mediterranean food, Greek foods, Italian food, my absolute favourite. But, oh, yes. Oh, I get, always get hungry as well because we record these approaching lunchtime. So I'll, I'll be quiet now, and I'll hand over to Sally to actually give our, our first proper question uh, to explore with you today. <laughs> Okay, right. We're going to talk about film. And I have lots of clients that are really frightened of film. They'll say, if you say to them, oh, it'd be really good if you had a video on your site, they'll all say, oh, really? Do I have to? Um, And so, David, do you think that people are getting less frightened of film or we're just doing it better or there are different ways of doing it? And why do you think we're so scared anyway? I think, first of all, it's, it's, it's a personality thing. You're either comfortable in front of a camera or you're not. That's not a problem. You can overcome that. It, it's a psychological thing. A lot of people think, oh, an inanimate object is recording me. Um, they feel they don't have confidence, which is nonsense because everybody has confidence. And as soon as you tap into their stories, storytelling is essential. And as soon as you warn people up and say, forget whatever you want about professional presentation and be your authentic self and tell your stories. And so that's that's very, very important. And the second area, I think, which which is key, is that social media has exploded what we do. So if you go onto LinkedIn now, as as I was earlier this morning, you will scroll through half a dozen people who have recorded themselves on their phone and they've posted something up. Now, quality, whatever, there's huge arguments. Some people say it must be really great quality. Other people say, don't worry, just get it out there. But they are the key. It's it's confidence, storytelling, authenticity, and we have the technology now to to spread the word. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, I think it's um people. Are, the other thing is it it's no there's no problem of doing it not brilliantly first time. Just have a go, and because people are largely on your side because they also know it's not a problem. And if you do all the really awful things like stand in front of a window and film into the window, so you're just this marvelous. Um, collage effect <laughs> then it doesn't matter if that's what happens that's what happens don't worry just keep having a go eh? absolutely keep having a go and just tell your story 
and I, and I I bang on about this industry and I drive people mad in meetings and but it's it's part of our raison d'etre. It, it's we all have things to say and sure you're not going to get it right the first time. Look, I'm not a car mechanic. I couldn't go out and fix your car, so I'm not going to get it right first time. But I could yep. learn over years. I still wouldn't be as good as someone who's been trained for twenty years, but at least learn and do it and keep doing it because the more you do it, the better you'll get. And yeah, people well, comment, most people are helpful, and particularly on things like LinkedIn. And they will say, I tell you what, why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you mention that? Bang, and off you go. There's your story. You're, you're growing already. Yeah, exactly. Not only have you done one, but people have said, given you ideas for the next one. So, yeah, that's really interesting. And, you know, yes, I once had a 2CV and, you know, once upon a time I could change a spark plug. You know, that made me feel very special. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I was, I, I'm going to do this thing again where I go off into all these different streams of, of, of questions, but I thought I'd try and try and restrict it. So, um, as you said, David, about sort of the, and, and Sally was saying about the confidence to, to do video, I mean, I suppose. I suppose you can find it. I, I've experienced it myself. I've done lots of interviews where people have been filmed and, you know, they can come across as being very confident, very good at speaking in front of a, an audience live. And then suddenly they freeze up because there's lights, camera action in front of them. Um, so part of the, I suppose, from a marketer's perspective, it has been the um, and, and videographer's perspective is, is getting people at their ease, isn't it, as well, so that they, they can tell the story and be genuine, as you say. Because I think that's half the time that there's this expectation, isn't there, of, it has to be, I have to say, the perfect thing, very succinctly, very completely, in one take. And actually, part of it is is calming people down and allowing them to, you know, just, just as you say, well, say what they need to say, really, at that particular juncture. So I suppose how, how important is it to put people to their ease and help, to get, and help them understand the scope of what they're trying to convey in a video? That's it's really interesting, Sam. That's a central part of our job. So people think you turn up with cameras, and you set up your lighting and off you go, bash. No, that's the technology is fantastic, but it is all about putting people at ease. And there are many courses you can do in terms of confidence and things, but the best training I've always found is just to get people there. So if you have, say, a two-hour block where you're going to film, film an interview with someone, spend the first half an hour just talking to them, just getting them used to being an, inter an interview situation. Explain everything you're going to do. Because very often, I've seen it happen before, when I worked in, in news many years ago, people would just go in and write, bang, set up the cameras, let's film. No, explain what you're going to do. It's, you've done your pre-production, so the people that you're interviewing already know what questions you're going to ask. They've been able to prepare. Um, this is not most of the work we do is, is business to business. This is not a, a panorama, hard-hitting, investigative thing. This is about you explaining your company. And you're not going to do that if, you, if you're not at ease. So, yeah, confidence, public speaking. Some people link it to public speaking. Yes, that's quite important. But it's, again, I go back again and again, it's the authenticity. Yeah, um, it, That's what's really important. That is really interesting. And actually asking questions, because when I did the video for my um um, website which I've now taken down because it was rubbish um, but I did it in every way wrong I stood in front of a camera with a microphone and just spoke and I was at, and actually what you've got in the back of your mind is not oh I want to tell people my story you're thinking oh my god I'm going to forget what I wanted to say oh good grief my hair is looking a disaster and everything is a distraction and it becomes and it's it's just amazing how much it comes over as really rubbish when you're feeling like that 
Absolutely. And, and again, to go back to all things, there used to be a thing in the, in the past where you, people would script a lot. They'd have they come in and they, they've scripted and they want, to, they want to write this and put it on the altar queue. Sometimes that works, yeah, if it's, it's a presentation. But again, really, quite a lot of the stuff we do is, is get rid of the script. Forget that. We know the areas we're going to talk about. Let's have a discussion. We do a thing, what we call fireside chats, where we basically just chat. We're in, we're in like sofa chairs and we chat and we three or four cameras on that and it's great. That draws out the stories um, because very often we, we will go into a client and say, oh, we can film this and we film that. So, no, let's do the interview first. Let's have the fireside chat because very often, although you've done the pre-production and you've talked through everything you're going to talk about, during that discussion, something really interesting will come out about the person or the company. And then you go, well, We've got to go and film that. We've got to get some shots of that because that's an incredible story. They'll say, oh, there's, you know, there's, I've got so-and-so in my company. Um, they won, uh, bizarre, uh, they, they won an Olympic gold medal, say, for instance. Yeah, we never told us that. Who's going to talk to them? It's an incredible yeah. selling point, you know, and that all comes out in the story. Really important. And it's really important to remember that you're going to be cutting all this up. It's not as if if you don't say it fluently straight off first time, it's going to be a waste of money because you're going to cut it all up anyway, aren't you? Absolutely. I mean, there's always time to stop and do it again. And if, if the interviewee is not happy, you go, right, we're not going to use that bit. Let's go back. Let's do that. Let's rephrase the question so you can rephrase your answer. Um, there could be, we, we had a, a client recently who got quite emotional. He was talking about his company and why he set his company up. And the reason being that his uh, brother-in-law, his brother-in-law had died in the 9-11 attacks. He'd been in one of the towers. and the result of that was he set up his company. It was a financial company in memory of his brother-in-law. Um, and he got quite emotional. And, but it was brilliant because he, he, we kind of reined it back in with him. And then he explained it again. But it was just a, a beautiful film because it was so authentic. And you couldn't help be grabbed by that. But it, it was, we said to him, Eric, do you, know, do you want to retake that? And he was like, no, really happy with that because I explained. Um, got it across, you know. But yeah, absolutely. So to go back to your original point, yeah, always retake, always edit. And, and again, say to the client, listen, in the editing process, we will involve you. We're not going to go away <laughs> and cut you out and give you a bit, a horrible bit that you don't like. It's like, which bits? And review at the end of the interview, which bits would you like to use? And then you off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. I mean, the editing process is a whole other dimension as well, isn't it? To this, which people sort of, you know, because it's the thing I always sort of say if I interview someone saying, "Don't worry, we can take it again." The editing's there, and they seem to be. I remember when I first, well, oh, say way back when I first started getting into doing interviews with people, then working with the the media team on cutting things up and they they had obviously the editing software in front of me there's two or three screens this amazing studio i was like wow gosh this is exciting lots of flashy lights and buttons and noises <laughs> uh but then the the most interesting thing was when they cut it up because i said well i asked this person you know could they explain to us how this project went and the three stages and they went yeah okay here you go and the editors went right we don't need that don't need that cut that cut that cut that i went here you go and i went okay play this back and it. I wouldn't say it completely tra completely transformed everything that was said, but it it did transform the overall message to, to make it succinct, snappy. It communicated it effectively when the person had they'd given a perfectly good answer, 
But it was then the the editing process just did this sort of um, almost alchemy, it seems, and it sort of turned it <laughs> into this extraordinary piece. So I thought, wow, yes, that absolutely gets it across. There was a lot of things that weren't necessary in there. But um, I was just going to return back to, as, as you said, I just made this connection between we, we did a, um, a recording about brands with um, uh, Andrew Hancock, and we were talking about the importance of the relationship that's built obviously between yourself and your customers and your your audience in general and the feeling the sort of the the purpose of course getting the purpose across and and i think it is those moments isn't it you say that example you gave that gentleman who had the purpose came out on film so i suppose capturing that is the ultimate thing to try and achieve but it it made me think of interviews i've done where perhaps it's been on a subject which is more academic and you know not dry necessarily but sort of it's it's a quite sensible set of things it's not terribly emotive on the surface but quite often I'll throw in some extra questions afterwards or just chat in inverted commas with the cameras rolling with people after I've done the questions they've prepared and I quite often find at least one of the answers they give there is the one I go yeah I think that's the one which actually brought out the story and got to the why they do this in the first place so I mean perhaps it's a bit cheeky but I usually obviously I say to people this is what we're using afterwards and, and they can approve it, of course. But but I just thinking, is that, you know, where we get the more that human connection, which is going to come across more effectively on film, you would you say? One of the things I learned from the BBC was almost the summary, as you say, the summary questions at the end are just as important as, as the say the half a dozen you've asked. We always say to clients, okay, that was great, but what makes you get out of bed in the morning? Why do you do what you do? And that gets fantastic range of answers whether it's people like oh because I love my dog and I want to do this or you know obviously I love my family but sometimes you get the most incredible answers and instead of someone saying oh I just like helping people yeah but that's great we all do <laughs> but you you get amazing responses to a question like that that and you go well there you go there's your summary. That's the key at the end. You know, it's it's terrific. Yeah, that's really interesting. <clears throat> and getting people to be honest. I mean, there's also nothing wrong with actually, like I did, saying you'd done something wrong. That That's deeply appealing for viewers. I mean, obviously, if you're saying I'm a brain surgeon and occasionally <clears throat> I mess up, that's probably wrong. But for a lot of people, it's it makes them feel, oh, look, they are like me. And not only are they like me, but I can see them on film and they really are a human being and they're not just this strange person who writes blog posts. You know, it's just a real person that you could hug, you know. Absolutely. So I saw it the other day. A friend of mine is a great storyteller. <clears throat> he, he was a film and a film made about him. And in the middle of it, towards the end, his dog barked. His dog was sitting down and he went, oh, sorry, that's the dog. But it was great because the film, the editing, they'd left that in. So they go, there you go, that's human. He's got a dog. Yep. <clears throat> we like him already. The dog's yeah. barking. Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, Zoom, I think, has kind of changed this really because I've got two cats and they quite often join me. Um, and, one, you know, before we before the pandemic, not that this is necessarily good, but before the pandemic, we were all going, my God, you've got to have a bl- blank background. Everything's got to be completely silent and the pets will have to be shot. But now people <laughs> don't mind, really, if the cat arrives and, you know, you've got a tail up your <clears> nose. It's, <throat> it, it, it makes it more appealing. It does what he gets. I mean, we all remember that that famous BBC one where the guy was was talking and the the children coming in the background and the nanny's trying to drag them out. There you go. There's authenticity. Yep. And some people go, oh, no, that's terrible. It's not professional. No, it's authentic. It's human. Yeah. I mean, we it's not have. something you should kind of 
try and make up. No, <laughs> don't no. you know? Shove your cats into the screen, but you know, <laughs> if it happens, it happens. Yeah, definitely. Well, actually, I, I, I was that quite neatly sort of moves us on to uh, segue across to uh, you were saying about the pandemic, Sally, and I, I was very interested from a filmmaker's um, video producer's point of view what COVID has done in the last couple of years. I mean, ha- have you noticed anything in particular, David, in terms of what clients are asking for? The, the, the volumes what they're asking for is there any have there been any major changes or unexpected changes that you've discovered due to the pandemic <clears throat> yes well I, I was talking to sally earlier and, and yeah the key i mean for us one of the key things we did we built a studio because we couldn't go out and about we were locked down um so therefore <clears throat> people started having hybrid events or hybrid contact zoom was great but a lot of companies went, oh, do you know what? This is really, the quality is not right for us. We want to do conferences. We've got to be hybrid. So that's been really, really wonderful for us because it's been a huge growth area. Um, that And the other area, and, and Sally knows about this because we've discussed, I mean, the education sector for us just exploded. Um, we were lucky at the start. We had a lot of editing. So we were able to do that. And then we had a sort of break in lockdown and every, we were very, very careful, obviously, very COVID um, regulation strong, but we were able to go into places like Oxford and Cambridge University and do a lot of filming, um, schedule a lot at the same time because we knew we were probably going to be locked down again, which means we could then go and edit that. But online courses in the education sector for universities absolutely exploded. Um, It's it's been huge, huge growth area. And I think for for a lot of these institutions that we now talk to, -to face-to-face Lecturing is important to them, but they've realised they now have another stream as well, which because a lot of a lot of students couldn't come in from abroad, so therefore they had to get the message out, and that has been huge. Yeah, and online learning is is growing enormously. There's a lot more people are doing executive courses online, so there are kind of busy financial directors doing their courses online at their own speed, and I think it's that that too has exploded. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Excuse me, I've done it myself, and. You know, some new camera technology comes out. I'll sit on YouTube in the evenings and and learn, just learn this yeah. stuff. It's, it's it's wonderful. And the great thing about we were saying, you know, online video is that you can watch it any time of the day, anywhere in the world. Yeah, you don't have to travel. Which I mean, travel's fun. It's great. And it broadens the mind. <laughs> but, but sometimes it's just great to sit down at seven o'clock in the evening and go right. The I mean, the great. Uh, American series Masterclass, which has the just fantastic. There's so much out there now. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. And you forget how much um, watching it makes it, you can learn quicker. There's all very well reading it in a book, but actually if someone's speaking it and, you know, gesticulating and all those things, it's, it goes in, it goes deeper. And I think it probably goes into a different bit of your brain. That visual kind of relationship you're having with your learning is key. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it does, um, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, it's, it's, I, I think it's that, um, uh, and I suppose that's why the motivation. A lot of people who perhaps maybe hadn't considered um, putting things on on video online in, in in general, or perhaps they'd been a like you sort of referred to earlier on, say like avid sort of blog writers, and, and not not saying there's anything wrong with you know writing blogs, of course, but it's sort of if you do that, maybe if you think about repurposing a version in in video, for example, and then you're appealing to different types of learners, aren't you? Different types of um, of your your audience who take it in. But it, I suppose part of it is that sometimes people think, and I've worked with people in the past who think it's a bit of a challenge, you go, oh gosh, yeah. Like we said at the top, you know, um, video, but how how do we get this across in, in a video? But of course, 
I, I don't know in terms of the, the latest stats, but I mean, the, the, the explosion in people just... And we all do it on our day-to-day lives, don't we? As you say, you need to understand how to, I don't know, cha- change your um, uh, windscreen wash in your new car. You know, it's like, how do I do that? I'd like to watch a quick video on my phone to understand how it's done. And I mean, they're, they're, I suppose there's such a huge increase in people asking for those sorts of jobs um as well at the moment it's it it means that there's so much content going out there so that the challenge is differentiating as well isn't it really or being the most useful the best produced piece of piece of content but um i don't do you think there's a challenge with that really in terms of the the amount of content Um, out there yeah absolutely sam because i think one of the key things is a lot of companies looked at what they were doing realized they could do things a lot of different ways and also people wanted to change their lifestyles. The whole commuting thing went out the window. Um, so companies were changing. And so all of a sudden we found, so the first quarter of this year was a lot of planning, a few bits and pieces. The second quarter has absolutely exploded because the COVID restrictions have eased. And now a lot of companies have gone, well, actually we want to do this. And as you say, one of the great ways of getting that message across is video. Um, and it's just, it, it's, it's exploded. Because companies have all gone in different directions. And I, I suspect you, you and Sally have seen this with marketing. We've seen a huge explosion with, with marketing companies. All of a sudden, companies have gone, we don't do that anymore. We now do that. And you go, yep. wow, the, the, poten- it's, the potential that has been unlocked is, is astonishing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, one of the things I think which frightens people or some of my clients from film is people go, oh, it's just going to be too expensive because they think you're going to arrive with lights, camera, action, makeup, trolleys and, you know, because they think it's going to be like a film. <laughs> and it can be not that expensive if you if you do it properly with people like you. Well, thank you. That's very kind of, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, think about scale. So people think, oh, goodness, yeah, that's, that's X whatever amount of money, and that is quite expensive. That's a large part of our marketing budget, which it is, but then it's not about one film. So in the old days, people were, yeah, I need a film for my website. Yeah, but you're going to get so much else because we always say to them, listen, if you're assembling staff or testimonials, and I can talk about testimonials till till the cows come around because they're absolutely key. Get other people to talk about you um, and, and praise you. But you do a day's filming. It's not just one film. You should have enough material there to last months and months and months because you're going to have so many sound bites. Hopefully, lots of what we call B-roll, lots of different shots as well of, of the wherever the the company is based or their activities. You can reversion so many times, um, and I think that's that's really the key because one of, one of the things that I always guard against is if you go onto LinkedIn, as I did this morning. You'll scroll through, you'll see half a dozen to a dozen people um, talking into their cameras, which is great. And that, that's absolutely brilliant. But after you've seen that three or four times, you know, well, you're just scrolling through. Whereas something fresh and dy- or dynamic comes on and you go, well, that's slightly different. I yeah. watch that. But that's pretty Yeah. Yeah. You do need some B-roll activity sometimes. You know, you do want a big wave to crash or something yeah. to happen that's mm. else that's not about the conversation you're having absolutely absolutely because again it brings it alive if we so if we're we're in filming with a uh, say a company in oxford let's show oxford what's happening today it's a lovely sunny day in oxford we've got all these beautiful historic buildings immediately you're drawn in um because it's just not someone talking it's like oh this is this is really interesting they're on oh what's happening in oxford today you know it's yeah that's right and moreover 
I'm not saying you ever cheat, David, but, you know, if it's not sunny in Oxford, you can give the impression that it is. <laughs> so you, you can warm things up. It's, I mean, we, we, we did it um, again, um, just after one of the ends of the lockdowns. We just, one of my crew and I spent a day going around Oxford, shooting all the historic buildings. So now you've got a library there, a big library. So if somebody goes, Again, it's a way of saving money and keeping costs down because instead of having to go and fill all that again for a company, you just say to them, well, look, this was, it wasn't a bright sunny day, it wasn't a dull day, but it's not time specific. We can add some lovely books from historic B-roll. There we go. Yeah, exactly. And Oxford isn't going to change anytime soon. So as you say, it's going to last forever. Well, that's it, everyone. Thank you very much for listening today. Uh, in the meantime, if you want to keep in touch, you can find us at Meanders Pod on Twitter, or you can get to us on Facebook. You can also uh, email us, which is meanderspod at gmail.com. So I uh, hope to see you or hear you or you to hear us next time anyway. And uh, good luck, everyone. Take care. Bye for now. <laughs>